Hi, it's Chris Barrow here, and I'd like to welcome you to the Conversations with Chris podcast. My objective in creating this podcast is very simple, and that is to interview people who fascinate me. Some of those people may well be connected with the business of dentistry. Others may have no connection to dentistry or business at all, but I still feel that they have a story to tell that's worth sharing. So settle back and listen, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. So I wanted to uh, make this uh, a, a very special and topical uh, edition of the Conversations with Chris podcast. You know, one of the things that you sometimes try and do with podcasts is to try and make evergreen material, something that people are going to be able to go back to in two years or 20 years and still listen to it and still think, oh, yeah, that's really relevant to my circumstances. But I, I really feel that the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now warrant a conversation which, with any luck, please, God, is not going to stand the test of time. Uh, because I want to talk about what's going on on the 13th of January 2021. And I want to get this out quickly uh, into the community and talk about lockdown three and how that affects us all in dentistry and how it affects us as leaders, owners and managers. And I could not think of a better person uh, to have that conversation with than uh, uh, one of my bestest and oldest friends, somebody I've spoken to many times before, and that's Mark Topley, uh, the CSR coach. Mark Topley, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Thanks for uh, having me on. Uh, absolute pleasure. And just to kind of get this in context, I'm sitting, as I always do, in the Barrow Bunker, 10 miles south of Manchester, in glorious hail in Cheshire. Uh, where are you, Mark Topley? Uh, I am on the edge of the New Forest in Hampshire, um, about three miles from, from the New Forest, just north of, north of Southampton, south of Winchester, a lovely little market town called Romsey. I wish I could come and visit. Uh, it seems like a long time since I was there. And... Uh, you know, if, if anybody's been living in a cave, um, uh, if you are going to spend the next 60 seconds giving a potted history of Mark Topley's life story, uh, almost like, what's your, what's your elevator speech? I, didn't, I know I didn't, line that, I didn't line you up for that one, but if you had an elevator speech, what would it be? Oh, uh, elevator speech of my life. Um, okay, so I, I was born. Um, I started out life... Uh, in terms of career as a teacher, taught for four years, um, had a great time, um, loved it, but also had itchy feet to travel. So I did, did some volunteering work in Ethiopia. That led me into sort of community project management, um, charity startup, did some work in the music industry. And then um, a mate of mine called Ian Wilson uh, invited me to a talk he was doing on the work that a recently formed charity called Bridge to Aid was doing in East Africa, promised me a curry if I, dro if I drove into his talk. Um, and and uh, I, I have had the curry now. It took a little while to get it, as you know, Ian. Um, but that took myself and my wife, Jo, on a bit of a journey to East Africa initially just for, to visit. And then we spent the next part, best part of the next 10, 12 years um, living and working in East Africa. Um, and I became the chief exec of Bridge to AIDS, um, did that for about seven years, and then came back to the UK 
2015, left Bridgeswed three years ago, and here I am now as a CSR coach. What the hell is a CSR coach? Oh, gosh. Well, the problem that a lot of businesses have got is that they, they're they aware that they need to do the right thing, that you know, customers, clients, patients – they're all looking to businesses to do to do good now, and certainly on the employment side as well. A huge percentage of people are looking for their for the best businesses they work for to be responsible in terms of sustainability and charity and community engagement, and also giving them opportunities. But a lot of businesses are they're clear on the fact that they need to do it, but they're not quite sure what that actually means in practice and how do you actually do that when you're trying to run a business. And so what I do is I take people through a structured um, process to identify what their values are as a business and then we flesh out those values in commitments around, among uh, a range of different CSR topics and then I help them to create a plan where they can seamlessly integrate it into the running of their business on a day-to-day basis so it increases their team engagement, builds their brand loyalty and they feel a lot better about the places that they've got um, where people are coming to work. Right, and and one of the things I want to come back to later on is is what is the role of or place for CSR in the COVID environment? Uh, because it would be easy to think that CSR has been put in the round to it box mm-hmm. until such time as COVID is done and dusted, whenever that is. Uh, so we'll perhaps come back to that in a minute. Because what what I really wanted to focus down on is that which is topical and relevant for a lot of people today, because you spend an awful lot of time um, lecturing and commenting on the subject of leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that coincidentally, uh, later on today, you begin, do you not, um, a cohort of dental clients who are working through a leadership program with you what are they going to be doing over the weeks ahead with you um, so last year one of the things that i that, that i became aware of through the webinars that that we did and being part of business confidence forum and then you know helping out with with your clients was that a lot of people were thrown into leadership without any idea about what it's actually about um and felt very um very um out of their depth lacked confidence in how they could how they could lead are they actually even leaders you know what's what's that all about and so i thought well i'll, I'll put together some thoughts on what i think are the some fundamentals uh, we'll call it the leadership confidence club and then we'll look at those six things over 12 weeks so tonight we're starting with self-leadership um and uh, what that what that's all about we're then moving on to uh, what i'm calling the journey which is vision uh, mission and values we then move on to building culture and how that's how that's important and how it's one of the only things you actually can control as a business owner is is your culture. Um, we then look at communication and how to structure that internally, externally, so that things kind of keep moving. We then look at um, leading teams and how you do team inspiration um, and keep your team working well together. And then finally, we do some stuff on leading individuals, which is all about emotional intelligence. Um, and, you know, handling difficult conversations and uh, looking after individuals, basically. And how long, how many weeks are these people going to be working with you in this particular? That's 12 weeks and it's two weeks for each module. Um, so we've, we're now, we're starting tonight, we're going through to the end of March. I see. And uh, so anybody who's listening to this podcast, you've missed that boat, uh, but presumably um, this will come around again in April or something like that, will it? 
Yeah, we're going to start the next. The next one will start on the twelfth of May, and that will run through the summer. Right. And then uh, there'll be another one um, if there's enough, if there's demand, which I think there probably will be, uh, starting at back end of September, which will run through to just before Christmas. Okay, so uh, in some respects, what we're going to be talking about um, this evening might be a bit of a trailer for that, but uh, that you know, the, we'll 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 make sure that we're planning of contact details with this. Right. Let, let's get let's get back to the 13th of, of January. Um, something that I've been commenting on over the last few days, uh, partly based upon my own personal experience, which I want to refer to in a minute, and also partly based on the experience of working with a community of about 130-odd dental practices who are actively working in, in my coaching with me at the moment, but also, of course, like you, connected to the wider community of dentistry through social media. Mm -hmm. um, here's what I, I think, and I, I made reference to this in, in my video blog today, which is that uh, we all got kind of quite optimistic in December uh, because Boris and Matt were running round telling everybody that that lovely old lady that got her first vaccine, Margaret, what's her face? And, uh, and we were all going to be saved. And, uh, and I think there was a moment when Matt, Hon Matt Hancock actually went on Sky and I think his bottom lip went a bit uh, because he was saying, you know, we've got a vaccine, everybody, we're going to be all right. And, and, and we all kind of sailed into the, the early part of December thinking, whoopee do, COVID done, over the hump, uh, we're going to be all right. And uh, we, we initially, if you remember, were, were planning to sail into five days of bacchanalia over Christmas where we were all going to be able to celebrate. Uh, and, then, and then the story began to change and... and and, and, you know, by the way, I, d I don't want to make light of this because, you know, there are many, many people who directly or indirectly have been affected by the tragedy of COVID. Uh, but generally speaking, we all kind of sailed up to Christmas thinking whoopee-doo. And then gradually the story began to change because we heard about new strains and we heard about higher levels of infection and we heard about rapid transmission and as we headed into Christmas five days off became one day off and then get back in your box mm -hmm. and uh, notwithstanding that you know we many of us took a bit of time off between Christmas and New Year and thought right I'm gonna have a few days off I'm gonna have a bit of a breather I'm gonna have a few bevies and a few lie-ins and then I'll be back on Monday the 4th of January yeah. and we'll finish this thing off. Yeah. And then what happens? Uh, you know, first day back at work and it's, it's mere moments before Boris is up there going lockdown three, back in your box, uh, and it's going to be a long time before we get this vaccine out to anybody uh, that's going to be in the dental workplace, let's, let's focus on that. You know, I don't think there's that many people working in dental practices over the age of 70. Um, so uh, even though, of course, many practices are getting vaccinated now, uh, it's going to be a while. Yeah. And I, I, for me personally, uh, and I've made reference to this, it was like hitting a wall in a marathon. It's like I've done 17 miles I'm absolutely knackered. Yeah. 
but I've got another, they've just told me I've got another nine miles to go. And, you know, there's a great thing that happens when, when you're running a marathon, you go past the 17 mile marker, your body is screaming at you to stop. You're trying to play the mental game and you're thinking 26 minus 17 is nine. And then some bloke on the pavement shouts, keep on going, you're nearly there. And you, and you want to go over and punch him. <laughs> and I've got a real sense of that um, around the client base that, you know, oh, my God, it's going to be a long time. Now, we don't know, but, you, you know, it could easily be September before we get any decent rollout on this vaccine. It could be September before there's a level of mobility in the UK population. Quite frankly, in September, they might be saying you can leave your home, but you can't leave the UK because we might have sorted out the vaccine, but everybody else might not have done. So you popping off to Benidorm might not be as easy as you thought. So what's your experience of all that been? Is it just me? Am I, am I fantasising here or is that what's going on? No, it's, it, I think... The challenge with all this, I think, is that, you know, with a marathon, you know how long it is and there's a there's a definite finish line. And the problem with this is we don't know when it finishes. We know it will finish, but we don't know when that's going to be. And I think I, I share with you, I think that sense of real disappointment straight after Christmas or, you know, January 4th or whenever it was. And obviously, you know, we've got three kids. Um, they were due to go back to school. And I think for me, that really pulled the rug out from underneath me because I thought, finally, I'll get a cracker actually getting some work done. <laughs> you know, we can motor ahead. And it's, it was so, I think disappointment is the, the overwhelming emotion that I felt. Um, but I think the challenge with it is, is you know, uh, there's, there's something called the Stockdale paradox, which I've referred to often. Um, Admiral James Stockdale was seven years in a prisoner of war camp in the Vietnam War. Most senior um, uh, American soldier held, held captive. Um, loads and loads of his compatriots died in, in, in the prison camp. Um, and he was asked about it. And Jim Collins, who wrote Good to Great and Built to Last, interviewed him and said, you know, what, what, what was that all about? You know, who, who were the people that, that, that didn't make it? And he basically said, well, it was the optimists that didn't make it. And Jim Collins is like, well, how, how does that work? And he said, well, they're the ones that put a time scale on when it was going to be over. And so we're going to be home by Christmas or we're going to be home by Thanksgiving or we're going to be home by Easter. And then Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, come and go. And they died of a broken heart. And I think that's that's the challenge. That's the two things we've got to hold in tension here are optimism and realism, that we've got to remain optimistic that it will come to an end, but we've got to be realistic about not getting ahead of ourselves as to when that's going to be. And that's very easy for you to say, Mark, But in, and, and I don't say that as, as somebody that, that has sat on the right side of that all the way through this, you know, not by a long stretch, but in my, mo in my lucid moments... That's that's the conclusion I've come to, and um, but that's not to say that it's not bloody hard because it is. It is hard. Yeah. So, Pete, <clears throat> a lot of the people who, who are listening to this will either be um, owners and/or managers, 
responsible for teams of people and also, of course, responsible for cohorts of patients as well. So what I'm interested in, you, you and I have spent many a long evening talking about leadership and pre-COVID, you know, we, we had a kind of a patois around leadership. Um, uh, leadership, I, I suppose it, we would nowadays, we'd now call it leadership in the old normal. Mm -hmm. um, for, for, from your perspective, what do you think are the characteristics of great leadership right now, January 2021? I, I think the... Well, there's, there's lots, there's lots of things to, to choose from, and, and you know, people are there are great leaders in different moulds. Um, so I don't think you can say that it's one particular characteristic. You know, extrovert, introvert, whatever. I think the the biggest thing is that uh, the leaders that are successful at the moment are the ones that find the energy to show up on a daily basis for their teams and and lead. Um, and that sounds really simple, but, you know, the work that you have to do behind the scenes um, to keep yourself together, to keep your own mind in check, to keep your own hope alive, to, you know, keep your message really clear and consistent. And that's huge. So just showing up and being the leader at the moment is is really, really hard work. So I think I think leaders that are showing up and choosing to show up and not choosing to go into their shell, because that is the... You know, that's the easiest thing to do. It's the most tempting thing to do. You know, I remember times in, in my career, I just wanted to go away and hide and people are looking to you and they're going, what's going on? What are we going to do? And yeah. of course, you, you've, got to, you've got to be real um, about, you know, you can't say, well, it's all going to be okay and I've got a, you know, five-point plan. You just got to say, well, I'm not, I don't know, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. And you let me worry about the, the big stuff and these are the things that you need to do, which are going to help us to get through it. And I've got your back. So show up, show that you've got people's backs um, and, and make it really clear what it is that you want them to do. Because um, that's a big, a big part of leadership for me, I think, is that clarity of this is what I expect. This is what I want you to do. This is what you need to do. And we're, you know, we're going to get through it together. Right. Talk to me uh, then about the, 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 the practicality of that communication I, I was chatting to a client earlier on today um, who is the principal of a large specialist referral clinic um five or six surgeries yeah. and three or four different specializations uh it's a business which is entirely referral based mm -hmm. and like many others um business is booming yeah. Um, so, you know, there's no shortage of patients. Uh, there's no shortage of work. But the interesting thing that, that the principal said to me today is that to all intents and purposes, I have no communication with my team uh, because we're all operating in individual silos called dental surgeries. Yeah. And we're wandering around the business in various levels of PPE. And as a result of the events of the last nine months, some of us are working different shift patterns. Mm -hmm. 
and as are team members. And so in the good old days, we used to talk about doing morning huddles and we used to talk about having, you know, weekly get-togethers, monthly meetings, quarterly training days. None of that's happening. All that's happening is that people are turning up, parking, uh, walking in the building, putting on the PPE, going in the surgery, doing the day, going home. As a leader, how do you create the environment in which those messages that you're talking about are actually distributed to the team? Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, I think that you've got, to, you've got to broaden things out for people. So no, there's no one size fits all. You know, in the olden days, a notice board would go up with a message on it. I mean, the, the great advantage that we have um, at the moment, of course, is the availability of, of good video um, and using video to communicate with people. So I think one of the one of the strengths of the five-a-day thing that you've done is that it's a short, sharp message that you can share with people. So I'd be encouraging people to, to use that format. You can even make it shorter than that. Um, but something from you, because they need to see you, they need to hear your voice. Um, and, you know, not just read your words, because it, that kind of contact, I think, is um, really, really important. And then the second thing you do, you've got to do, I think, as well as the medium, is you've got to have uh, a clear and consistent message about what's going on. You've got to define the narrative. You've got to, you know, tell people, you know, all this crap might be going on, but this is, this is, this is how I'm contextualising it. Um, so having, having a good narrative, but then also... Um, having having that clear goal that you're aiming for that everybody can repeat, um, you, you've got into the re- repetition of it so much. Remember, guys, our focus at the moment is X, Y, Z, Bosch. That's it. That's all we're doing. And to, to get there, we're doing one, two, three, four, or, you know, one, two, three. Getting that message really clear is, is absolutely key. And you don't need to do an awful lot more than that because if you keep reminding people, you keep showing up, you keep um, you keep showing your face and and um, extending that warmth. Then I think people catch on to that and they appreciate it. And then I think you've got to then back it up with um, you know the little things that you can do to show appreciation. Whether that's you know cards that you write for people, um, flowers that you send, or you know Friday night you know Justin delivers a, a thing to every person, or you know a bottle of champagne, or whatever it, whatever it might be. I think the, the message, your presence with them, but then also looking for little ways just to brighten their day, um, whatever that might be. And then I think you can, you can get around everybody, albeit they're not all together at the same time. All right. Um, let's talk about messaging to patients for a minute. And, and, and that's not just like a public information service. I'm talking about um, the practice owner as a leader to the patients. Um, uh, every night they are being bombarded with stay-at-home messages. Uh, every night, um, and in fact, even today, we, you know, we've seen a, a we've seen a tightening of restrictions in Scotland. Uh, announced at lunchtime today: stay at home, stay at home. And here's a list of things you could do yesterday that you're not going to be able to do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and of course, the, 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 there is feedback from the client base that there are some patients who are expressing anxieties mm-hmm. around attending, 
And, uh, and of course, all the NHS dentists in England are screaming blue murder because they're saying, how are we going to hit our increased targets when we're going to tell people to stay at home? And um, the plan uh, practices are saying, how are we going to justify taking people's plans payments when the government is telling them to stay at home? <laughs> and, uh, and then finally, the patients themselves, well, maybe I'll come in when I've been vaccinated. Uh, because what you know it's a bit risky isn't it so is is, what's your general view around messaging to patients in that whole environment bearing in mind you you, the government aren't closing us down yet yeah so you're open for business in an environment where everybody's telling the patients it would be inadvisable to travel anywhere yeah Um, and again difficult one um uh, i think the, the general rule of thumb that I use with um, with this is something that um, is in Donald Miller's book, um, Building a Story Brand, and the whole thing that he's done around um, narrative transportation, uh, which sounds very posh. It's basically using the elements, the ancient elements of story to communicate a message in a way that people will, will receive it um, because it's, it's, it's done well. And what he talks about in that is about how, as, as a business, um, and particularly as a dental practice, it's your job to establish yourself as the guide. Um, now, the guide is not the hero of the story. So um, Luke Skywalker is the hero, but Yoda is the guide. Um, you've got, you know, countless examples of that kind of thing. And what you're trying to do as the practice is to say, look, we're the guide. We're going to help you to achieve what it is that you need to, you know, to, to achieve. Uh, and you write and you communicate from that perspective. Now, there are two things that the guide needs to have. Uh, One is empathy. The other one is authority. So the empathy is, look, we understand this is difficult. Um, You know, we know that you're scared. We know that you're worried about staying at home. But then then you've built a platform to come in with the authority, which is to say dental practices are safe environments. We have the highest levels of clinical um, disinfection control of anywhere outside of an operating theatre, um, you know, and all the things that you then list. If you leave with authority, you won't get win people over, but you leave with empathy and you will. And then the third thing you need is then a plan. So very clear steps on the things that you would like people to do uh, in, t- in terms of responding. So I think if you can build your messaging around that and then keep that consistent in the way that you do it, um, whatever channels you, it is that you're using, then I, I, that's what I'm advising clients to do when it comes to patient communication. It almost sounds like a microcosm of one of these Downing Street five o'clock press conferences where uh, we start off by saying how sorry we are at the number of uh, deaths and hospital admissions equals empathy, uh, followed by now we're going to hear from the government's chief scientific officer equals authority. And here's the plan. This is what we're going to do next. So it's almost the following the same uh, line. Yeah, it is. You've got to be authentic with it. That's the thing. And and I think, you know, but. But if, if you can do if if you can do that and you can do it consistently, um, then you stand the best chance of you know some people are going to stay at home. It, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it, yep. but you you will you will win more people over and and help more people if you can position yourself as the guide. All right. So we've got um, anxious patients, and we've talked about using empathy, authority, and a plan in order to become the leader for the yep. patients. And we've got anxious team members. And we've talked about effective messaging, little videos, lots of little soft touches in order to 
um, demonstrate to the team that you know what you're doing, that you that, that we, we don't know where we're going, but we know we've got it. Mm-hmm. And we've also talked about your own performance and behaviour and as, as a leader and as an owner, and that you've taught there about resilience. You've talked about showing up every day, having the energy to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens when... What happens when the leader runs out of gas? Let, let me give you a very personal example of this, uh, which, which is that um, on New Year's Day, uh, something happened to me that, that, quite frankly, has never happened to me before ever in my life, uh, which, given my an- ancient decrepitude, is a very long time. Uh, I went to bed on New Year's Eve, and I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't get back to sleep again. Right. And I lay in bed. And I lay in bed and I lay in bed, staring at the ceiling in the dark. Got up, had a bit of a read, went back, staring at the ceiling in the dark. Now, I'll cut to the chase. This happened five nights. And actually, it got worse because having started uh, with not with w- waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to get to sleep, it then evolved into going to bed at night, not being able to get to sleep. And my... Uh, my, my pinnacle of achievement was the night where I actually recorded two hours and 27 minutes of sleep. Mm-hmm. By the end of which, I was just a ghost. Yeah. Um, and you're saying, be resilient, have energy, show up. And I'm coming down here and I'm sitting in this desktop in the morning and I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this today yeah. because I can hardly get my head up, uh, let alone lead a community of 134 uh, dental practices what's your advice when you when that happens because all right i had insomnia other people are manifesting these stresses in different ways by the way let's just put a marker in i've got nothing to worry about business is doing great life is great everybody's well i'm financially secure why can't i sleep i can't sleep because of covid yeah what yeah. happens what happens when the leader falls over yeah you need a support system and hopefully you've built that beforehand, but if you haven't, you've got to get one down quick um, because you, you're not superhuman. I've tried to be, I've fell over. Um, you know, I think we all have that thing. You know, the, the myth is that the leader has to know everything, do everything, be everything. They can't possibly be. Um, so a support system around you is really, really important. And some of that is the practices that you've done already in, a, in terms of, looking after yourself, but you don't underestimate the power of a conversation with somebody um, to clear the decks. And we've done this many times over the years, you know, when I phoned you up an absolute dire straits because I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you fixed me, but the very process of verbalizing what you were feeling um, just, uh, I think helps, helps you to sort yourself through what you need to do next, whether that is take some time off um, or whether it is to seek medical help or whether it is to get some counselling or phone a coach. Um, Don't be afraid to ask for help, but the best time to do that is not when you're in a crisis. But if you are in a crisis, then pick up the phone to somebody, whether that's uh, a peer, a mentor, a friend, whoever it needs to be, make sure you don't internalise it. Thank you. And, and so, I, because the paradox is that if any of my clients had rung me last week, 
I'd have been in no state to respond to them. <laughs> uh, I'd have had to re refer them on to somebody else. I'm sorry, I can't help you today. I'm I'm knackered. Um, <laughs> but um, it's really interesting because the, the 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 interesting reality is that I I got to the stage where you know it it, it was a significant issue that I had to deal with, and I actually booked a call with my coach Rachel Turner. And we, in all fairness, we had the call booked in the, in the calendar already. And I actually dropped her an email and I said, Rachel, I need to change the agenda for the call tomorrow because we were going to be talking about a particular development aspect within my own business for this year. And I said, that agenda is cancelled. I need to talk to you about insomnia yeah. and what to do about. Yeah. And it, we had a remarkable conversation because I, if I was going to paraphrase what turned out to be an hour's chat, she said, well, are you worried about anything at home? No, I'm not. Are you worried about anything in your immediate family? No, I'm not. Are you worried about anything in the business? No, I'm not. Are you worried about anything financially? No, I'm not. Is your health good? Yes, it is. And she said, so what are you worried about then? <laughs> That's keeping you awake at night. And I said, actually, I'm worried about my clients. Yeah. And it suddenly dawned on me that I'd been on the receiving end yeah. of 134 people telling me that they were, you know, to one extent or another stressed out by lockdown three. Yeah. And subconsciously, the burden of that yeah. had actually created this particular manifestation, which for me was insomnia. Isn't that remarkable? It is. And, and it's and, and you know for, for you to have you know that's why business coach is really important and that's why coaches have coaches they talk to because you can't keep you can't keep taking all that on subconscious is a very powerful very powerful thing if <laughs> only we knew more about it and, and so I, I'm you know I'm very cognizant therefore that when when my clients tell me that they are experiencing some form of stress. Um, it, it might not just be about the fact that they're worried about their own personal circumstances. It might be that they're actually worried about every single member of their team. Yeah. And they're also worried about a significant cohort of their patients as well. And the burden, the weight of that yeah. has become intolerable. Yeah. Uh, what do you do next? Well, in, in my particular case, you know, it, it was about processing that. The interesting is like it's like you said, as soon as I figured out what it was, yeah, I started to heal. Yeah. Because you won't find that running around inside your own head. No. And so I, I'm gonna bring up perhaps a, a rather sensitive issue, which is uh, which is would it be fair to describe my insomnia as a mental health issue that had been caused as a result of the weight I was bearing of other people's issues. Uh, do yeah. I have permission? Do I do I have permission to describe it in those terms? I, I think you know. For, for me, um, in, in, if you know, the brain is an is an organ, uh, the same as other organs in your body. Um, it's a, far more complex one than, than we can possibly understand. And I think that the definition of when, you know, you've got an illness or you've got a, you've got a, a challenge in your body is when something is acted on it from the outside. Now with, with the brain, that's, that doesn't have to be a bug or a virus, or whatever. it can be a pattern of thinking or stress or strain. So 
yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd say your your mental health had been had been impacted by the additional weight and the um, you know the keeping the unprocessed thoughts of you know carrying you know all that weight of, of what your clients are going through. Yeah. So um, talk to me about the next three months because um, we're listening. Um, if if you do switch on the media. Um, whether it's a politician or a scientist or an economist, mm-hmm. we're getting very consistent messaging at the moment, which is, quote, the next three months are going to be tough, close quote. Yeah. So what advice would you give to people who are listening to this hopefully in the next day or two and and we're saying the next three months might be the toughest of them all what 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 advice can we give to people to get through that um i think start for me the first thing would be to make sure that you're looking after yourself um and if if you if you haven't been then start now um and you know that does that doesn't mean you know suddenly becoming a, a, a fitness freak. It just means taking the basic decisions of hydration, nutrition, limiting your alcohol, making sure you're getting plenty of sleep. So because you know it's it's ten times harder to lead when you're exhausted than when you you know give yourself a chance to to, to turn up and function. So that'd be the first thing. Um, I think I think the. The next thing would be, okay, get clear on how you're going to talk about what's what's happening and how you're going to contextualize. Go back to that narrative stuff that we talked about before. How do we how do we describe what's going on? How do we talk about it? How do we focus the team on the key things that they need to do uh, to get through it? And then I think looking for looking for those ways to celebrate when things do go well, um, giving people a lift with that, making sure that appreciation. Uh, and thank yous are are consistent, and keeping the levels of communication higher than you think is necessary. So those things about the the, the videos and you know the, the regular contact points, keep the intensity up on that rather than think, okay, well we this is just too exhausting. We can't keep communicating like this because that's when I think you'll you'll run into problems and you'll, you'll start to get needles in in the team. Um, so clear clear communication, but also the expectations. Look. We know you're going to be worried. We know you're going to be concerned. If you've got concerns, this is what you do. And this is how we're going to deal with them together as a team. So you set out your stall um, very clearly um, on that. And I think one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time, it will get better. But if you put a time, if you put a date, a deadline date on it, if that date comes and goes and nothing's changed, yeah. we're going to be down in the dumps. Yeah. So we're back to Stockdale again, which is that it, 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 it requires endurance. Um, but it also requires a commitment to endure for as long as is necessary. Um, when we do our business confidence broadcasts on uh, Thursday nights, of course, I always like to do a round robin and, and ask, what are you confident about? Um, let, let me end with that. What are you confident about right now? Um, I'm, I'm confident that um, people will come out of this whenever it is, having learned an awful lot. Um, and some of that will be really tough um, and, and they'll have learned a lot through the adversity. But I'm really confident that 
people will look back and go, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the ex- for what that experience taught me because it's made me appreciate um, a lot more the, the simple things in life that we couldn't do um, during lockdown. So I think we we will end up stronger and better for it, and that's not to dismiss the huge costs that we're seeing every every day from um, from the number of deaths that that are being reported. Yeah. And um, uh, all right, we have a cohort of people who are starting their leadership program with you in precisely 40 minutes. And so I've got to let you go and get your stage face on. Uh, but uh, uh, for those that may be interested in joining the second cohort in May, yeah. just uh, leave me some contact details so that people can connect with you. Yeah, sure. So just head to the website, which is marktopley.co.uk. And there's a link on there for the Leadership Confidence Club. Hit that page and you can register your interests and we'll send you details as soon as they're available. Top man. Mark Topley, thank you for your time. Um, I know that you are just about to go out on stage with a brand new uh, 12-week programme. And so uh, the, the, the opportunity to just take a little bit of time out of your diary and to record this, I really, really do appreciate that. And I also really hope that we're going to be able to turn this around and get it out there super quick uh, so that the people who are listening to this can also have the benefit of the conversation um, very, very topically presented to them. So thank you. Uh, As always, a pleasure. And uh, let's cross our fingers that at some indeterminate point in the future, (laughs) we can actually have this conversation over a proper pint of real ale. Wouldn't that be nice? Definitely. Thanks, mate. Appreciate All right. it. All right. Ta, mate. And good luck for tonight. I hope it goes well for you. Thanks for being Thank with you. us. Cheers.